Hello and welcome back to the Unqualified Huddle. Uh, it's me, Simon. And before we do anything else today, I would like to apologise to the NFL uh, from the Unqualified Huddle. In our last few podcasts, we have talked about how this week will be a disappointing week of football. We've we've played this down. We said, oh, we've had such high games in the last in the first four weeks that this week will just be disappointing. How wrong we were. That's why we're the Unqualified Huddle. It's essentially it. This has been a, a great week of football. Um, you know, guys, Shan, Shan, how are you both doing? I mean, we, we all made picks where we thought, ah, oh, these are obvious wins for the Packers. <laughs> um, surely Denver beats the Colts. And uh, Jags beating the Texans. None of them were true. So it's always good when you get some weird results. Wah, um, I, think. Wah, wah. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say always great because <laughs> that that Colts Broncos game, even the Texans Jags game, were two of the most painful games of the year. Oh, but yeah. besides from that, uh, this this season is one of the best I can remember in recent times. It's been, it's been very exciting, very unpredictable, and very exciting. These games have all been all been close. They've all had big scores, except for those two games that you've mentioned. <laughs> good old Rog. Saying he loves this uh, competitive balance of the NFL this season. I like it too, but bad quarterback play all over the board. Tom Brady's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about Mr. Brady later on. First thing that I want to bring up to you guys the NFC least should be renamed, in my opinion, to the NFC beast. <laughs> least no more. I like it. <laughs> the, the, that division. Uh, they have three teams that are currently sitting... Well, two teams, sorry, that are sitting at 4-1 and one, and one team that's sitting at 5-0. and oh. um, Is this division the best division in football right now? We're watching every single every single week. We're expecting these teams to drop off at some point. Like, uh, you guys, me included, to be honest, this week, uh, we're expecting <laughs> the Giants to crumble. Uh, the Cowboys, I didn't believe in the Cooper Rush magic. But he's, he's oh, proven you've, me wrong. You got you got to believe in Cooper Rush. <laughs> you gotta, and gotta... that or Matt Stafford throwing picks. I mean, well, that too. Well, well, even uh, just shout out to Brian Robinson coming back as well because, uh, besides from the Carson Wentz stinking up the joint, um, <laughs> they could have beat the Titans at the last minute. They're, they're, they've been competitive, like or being the team that's like got the one and four record in that division. They've been sort of competitive in all their games. It's just you know they've got Carson Wentz who's going to always make mistakes to the other team. But let's you know the New York Giants. They're a surprise to me. Mm. I like, mean, they're really well coached, right? I mean, that's that's a key thing coming out of it. Like coaching matters. The, the play calling, matters. the play calling when they got to the red zone. Daniel Jones is hurt right now. He's not running. Like he used to, um, and so Dayball's been creative, getting the end around uh, Saquon Barkley, Matt Brady, both on the field at the same time, and it's creating problems. Matt, is, is Brian Dayball like one of the best rookie coaches? Well, one of the best rookie coaches in recent history, like head coaches that is. Coach of the year candidate, definitely. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think his his out. Well, he's been beating everyone for that award. I mean, <laughs> outside of uh, maybe. I thought Mike McDaniel had some steam, but right now I don't think anyone comes close to Debo because of well, expectations. Well, that's that's the thing. In the off season, we all talked about this this Giants team are not going to be very good. We, we all predicted it be one of the uh, one of the bottom bottom dwellers of the uh, the NFL. But realistically, they come in, they're, they're punching teams in the face. They're doing it. They're playing very differently to how 
they have in the past, I think. And I feel that's helping. And it, it's the Brian Double effect massively. Not only that, I think it's a Wink Martindale effect. He switched Baltimore. He got fired, really, from Baltimore as their defensive coordinator after such a long time. Where he was doing good, maybe they were very blitz-heavy, but it's brought a different mentality to the Giants, and they're that's, really tough to play against. And the Packers found that out in this week in London. That's, that's very true. That's very true. That's a good point. Well, I, I want to speaking about mentality. I want to talk about the Jack Daniel Jones mentality. You got Aaron <laughs> Rodgers on the opposite side complaining about no Devonte Adams, reminiscing every week. What if I had Devonte? Daniel Jones is making do with a bunch of nobodies. Yeah, yeah David Sills is our wide receiver one or whatever. I mean, he's starting and it's night and day. Like, I, I'm not going to be fun. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm never going to give Danny Dimes respect anymore on this podcast because I, I just can't. I'm not that guy. I can't. I can't do it. But he showed some moxie yesterday. Like he he showed that you know potentially he might have something going forward if he if he continues with Brian Dabble. Like if they're happy with him going forward. There might be a little bit of something there, you know. There might he might do something, especially when he's playing, like you say, with these these wide like practice squad wide receivers. <laughs> like... I I laughed at Shan when he said the Giants will compete with the Cowboys for that division. I think last week, and um, I'm taking it back because they're playing winning football, football that transitions yeah. in any weather, any stadium, yeah. and it's very complimentary. As long as Danny Dimes isn't the main guy, which he hasn't been. And their run games working with different looks, different well, ways of playing. That that's the main thing, isn't it? It's the it's the Saquon Barkley resurgence here. Like he he's coming this year. Chanel says it every year. I love it. In fantasy, the last like three or four years, Chanel has drafted Saquon Barkley and has been like, This will be his year. He'll come back. He'll show his form. This year he's doing it. This year he's showing. I can be the guy still. I'm that I'm that man. I'm the guy that you drafted so highly. Two years removed from his ACL. He's he's in a contract year, right? He's, yeah. he's making a case to be paid. And I don't know whether Daybar will pay him, uh, but someone in the league someone. will be paying him. Someone. I mean, he, he did Darnell Savage dirty with that juke mood. In open field, boom, boom, and then off he went. And it, it, was, it was so good to watch. Yeah, the, the Giants at times seem unsustainable, but they're built on these splash chunk plays that they keep uh, making happen every single week. Yeah. But this uh, this Green Bay team, they're, they're in a little bit of disarray right now. They're... You know they're, they're stinking at the joint a little bit. How how far can Rogers actually complain that it's the receivers that are the issue though, and not him himself? I think as a, I think Rogers is very much a perfectionist with some of this timing routes. But I also think he's got to get the ball out quicker. That O line isn't holding up well. I think there's the receive. Uh, sorry, their defense also came into league as one of the most heralded one on paper yeah i think it's nowhere near living up to that it's one of the most overhyped defenses and actually doesn't look good on the d uh d offensive line looks terrible receivers look terrible rogers <laughs> mentality looks bad I, the scheme's good but I, I just don't think i just don't think they're in that um mindset to win no i i completely agree with that like assessment of things they they sort of always seem to be playing from behind right now um and they are already losing their divisional rate. I know it's only like week five, but the Vikings have looked very good in that division and, you know, have shown something for me where Green Bay needs to, I don't know, they need to get out of their own way a little bit. You know, give it to Aaron Jones and AJ yeah. Dillon when you got one yard to get. <laughs> yeah, it's a comment I made and it's not supposed to be uh, inflammatory, but I was watching the Green Bay Giants game in London, uh, obviously, um, and I made a comment. That is Aaron Rodgers, as great as he is in the history books. Is right now, is he just 
a good game manager in this I think, team. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. I think I, I genuinely because obviously he did he get MVP last year. Yeah, I think he did. He yeah. did. Yeah, uh, but three years in a row, right? I feel like although he he wins that part of that was he said he had a better supporting cast around him, but also like you say. He's always he's shown for the last few years he is a very much a game manager. He throws the ball away quite a lot, doesn't take sacks, doesn't like keeps it keeps them ahead of the chains a little bit. And I just feel like when he hasn't got elite playmakers, i.e. Devontae Adams helping him out, he does look a little bit more human, a little bit more comes down to earth a little bit more. But you know, let's let's move on and talk about the Cowboys, because as you say, I'm fully on the Cooper Rush train. I I I believe he's done enough. So at least warrant some discussion <laughs> when that Prescott comes back. Oh, here we go. Did we actually did we actually play that Prescott over this guy who mm-hmm. has won every game? Every game he started in the NFL, he has won. Is, I mean, is this a Tony Romo Dak Prescott situation where <laughs> the guy's just that good that you don't want to lose a job for injury? But do you bench him? Uh, guys, give it a break. He completed 10 passes in this game for 106 yards. They didn't score because of Cooper Rush, I can tell you that. Uh, Tony Pollard and uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who they, is what they relied on, they had 30 rush attempts between them um, compared to 10 completions. Like, this game was won because Matt Stafford can't get, you know, he's thrown seven picks this year compared to his five uh, touchdowns. I think the Rams decided to lose this game because they knew how the Cowboys were going to play. Right. Yeah. But also, the uh, the Rams... Again, no running game. Henderson, mm. invisible. Akers, invisible. The Cowboys didn't have to do much. But is, is that mm. some... Well, I mean, they, they didn't really, like, stick to the run because they, they only rushed the ball, like, 15 times. So, you know, they obviously went away from that. But is that in part due to this Cowboys defense, which has been tired, has been really good. Like, And they've shown it so far this year. They are a really good defensive unit. Dan Quinn's done bits for that, that Cowboys defense this year. I'm still skeptical. Call me a hater. Call me a Cowboys hater. But I'm still skeptical because uh, the Rams have been showing weaknesses in more or less every single game. I think the pickup of Anthony Barr, I think I talked about it a while ago that it was the offseason and he was a free agent for such a long time. This guy should be signed. And is he actually was an upgrade for the Cowboys, whose middle linebacking unit was their weakness with Van Der Esch. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still obviously their starter. And Gallimore's taken a step. But I think if you're looking at where in the off-season, people are saying about the Cowboys, they're miss- if you miss a few key players, they're going to struggle because Mike McCarthy can't be a good head coach. I think it's proven completely opposite. He's coaching this team really well without his star quarterback, and they're playing complementary football. They know what they have in Cooper Rush. They're not exposing sure. him. They're not exposing Just... him, and they're still winning. So it's hard my, to do that in the league. My other question about this Cowboys team, is Tony Pollard, like his ability, because obviously his stats like bounce off the page to you, have been eight eight rushes for eighty six yards. Is that in part due to Ezekiel Elliott, or is or are we saying we should free Tony? Uh, we no, should no, free no, Tony. No, 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 no. I I know both of you are free Tony people, um, <laughs> but if you're getting less carries, if you're not the workhorse, workhorse, you're going to have higher efficiency more often than not. If you're a twenty carry per game running back, your yeah. efficiency is naturally going to drop. He passes the eye test. He looks more explosive than, than Zeke, but he had one huge rush. No, but like you said, you say about being a free Tony guy. I'm actually in your camp in this. Like I, I agree with you. Like, like you said, when Ezekiel Elliott's in the formation, 
people are going to think, well, this is more likely to be a run. Whereas when Tony Pollard's there, it's like, oh, this could be more likely a pass. This could be, you know, it's not all necessarily going to be a run. It could be a screenplay or something. Whereas you know Zeke's going to run the ball at you. So you're going to be keyed in more for that. I completely agree. He does look more explosive, but then he's a change of pace back, right? That's what they're mm. there to do. The only reason Tony Pollard, in my opinion, hasn't, well, there's two reasons why he hasn't supplanted Ezekiel Elliott. A, the contract of Zeke is too much to get rid of. They can't get rid of it. And B, Zeke's a great, great blocker. Um, and you see him making blocks where you've seen Tony Pollard miss or not see the yeah, he's, rusher. Yeah, he's whiffed. It, it's the only re- Well, there's, those are two big reasons, right, in the NFL. But you can see he's the better running back to me. Like, it's clear he can run better. Ezekiel Elliott doesn't threaten anyone. And uh, just, going on to the, um, just going on to the Rams as well quickly, is Alan Robinson the biggest decoy player we've ever seen in the NFL with the Rams touting him up in the offseason saying this guy will look amazing this guy will be this guy will be great whereas like yesterday his his stats are three three receptions for 12 yards and five targets I don't he, see it being an Allen Robinson problem how how can you not though where he's been he's been out targeted by a person called Ben I mean, <laughs> let's you. face it, if you look at Matt Stafford's history, coming from Detroit, he was a guy who, even though he's covered, he'll just throw it to Calvin Johnson, to Marvin Jones, Marvin Hall at a point in time, Kenny Galladay. Like, he doesn't scan the field very well. He he decides where he's going to throw. And he does throw bullets, let's face it. He does throw great, great throws, accurate throws, where he gives his receiver chances, but he doesn't scan very well. But Alan Robinson is fits that mold. He's not Calvin Johnson, but he fits exactly that, that mold than a Skoronic, than a Cooper Cup, exactly than, than a Higby. He should be having his career year under Matt Stafford. But this year, I, I'm actually really worried about Matt Stafford's future. Um because mm. it's fine, but he's he's not like I said, scanning the field, he's not going through his progressions. His throws on the outside aren't as um frequent as they used to be and yes Cooper is a great safety blanket but I'm worried about Matt Stafford's limitations as a quarterback now Matt Stafford's forcing some balls into Cooper Cup and even Tyler Higby he just goes on one read and throws it and is accurate that's why Cooper Cup does well but it leads to issues isn't that Stafford's MO though from from even his time at Detroit is that he picks his favorite target and that's it he w- he w- he won't spread the ball around at all. He'll just pick. This is my guy. I'm going to throw the ball to him. Or he's got two guys. Like you know, in, in Detroit for a number of years, it was um, it was Galladay with Marvin Jones, and he'd it'd be one of them. All the other receivers were no shows. He just he just forced the ball to one of them. So yeah. you know, is is Jared? Oh, I was going to say if Jared Goss are not graded over Stafford in like Detroit, but let's not talk about that right m- now. M- after. M- maybe maybe not after this week, but. <laughs> But I, I want to ask you guys, um, so are the Giants and the Cowboys a threat to the Eagles taking the division? Well, after this week's performance by the Eagles, I actually think potentially. I, I Which one, one? Which one? Both? Both teams? I, I would say more. I'm more leaning towards the Cowboys because I actually, you know, as much as I am on the Cooper Rush hype train, when Dak Prescott comes back, I think their offense will take it, like go forward another gear, and that defense looks legit to me. So I'd say more likely the Cowboys. However, like I, I could easily, easily say both in this situation because my issue with this um, this Eagles team, especially right now, is they sort of get stuck in the mud at some points. 
you see them go in stretches where they'll just absolutely like cane teams and absolutely like batter people down, but then they get themselves stuck in the mud. And that's sort of what happened against like the Cardinals yesterday. Their offense was working well in the first like half, and then second half it just disappeared. It, it seemed like they were going to, going to have forty points easily. How they were moving the ball earlier, Jalen Hurts was running all over the Cardinals. Um, but then, surprisingly, it came down to a missed field goal, or it was tipped. Apparently, uh, the Cardinals, which would have sent the game into overtime, and there was a mistake by Kyler Murray as well. He slid uh, just before picking up the first down, so they had to go I'm, for I'm an su- early field goal. I'm not surprised Kyler Murray <laughs> made a mistake. For, for me, then they're a threat, but they're not the Eagles. That's what, what I think. They might both. I think they both might make the playoffs. And they both probably should make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to beat the Eagles. Well, well, my, it, one of my big issues, sorry, Sam, one of my big issues with this Eagles team though as well is that we talked about them being able to run the ball well and being able to move the ball well. But, you, you know, yesterday, Jalen Hurts was their lead in Russia. And I feel that that's, that's detrimental in some ways to have your quarterback being the lead in Russia. And I, I think you do need your running backs to step up at some point. And like do that, and if even if you look in the number of carries they got, Jalen Hurts had 15 carries compared to Miles Sanders, who also had 15 carries. Yeah, um, that's it. Doesn't surprise me, um, and it's great if you're a fantasy head coach of Jalen Hurts. But um, I don't think any of us are expecting this to change. Miles Sanders game well; they're not going to outtouch um, Jalen Hurts. I think before this week, I thought Eagles were Super Bowl, well, not Super Bowl bound, but easily were going to run away with with their division. Yeah. Um, but this this week showed that they're not as bulletproof as they seem. That brought, brought us back to earth a little bit, didn't it? Where like you, you sort of see, you sort of see how it is. So about the Eagles, I think like the biggest move they made in the off season was revamping their defensive backs. They only kept Darius Slayer, Vante Maddox, but they're oh, I, I don't I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. They bought in three I, new starters, and I know you're gonna hate this, Simon, but it's, I don't it's this. it involves the Saints. Chauncey Gardner Johnson um came in via a trade that's looking so cheap now. James Bradbury, because the Giants couldn't afford to keep him and is looking like an a steal. steal. And he we knew he was gonna be a steal for whoever team got him. And Marcus Epps has come in as a starting lineup and he's been one of the better ones. They have one of the best secondaries in football right now. And I think they're the second lowest quarterback rating against only behind the Bills. That tells you everything. And it's a massive turnaround because all their starters that they've kept, Avante Maddox and Darius Slay, have been big, big time ballers as well. The, the the thing with this Eagles team, like defense, especially though, um, is it's it's kind of uh, akin to what the Saints were doing the last few years, whereby mm. Their defensive line elevates this defensive backfield because they're they're putting so much pressure on the opposing quarterbacks. They're getting so much pressure, so they're having to get the ball out early. Haven't they can't just sit and wait and make reads and you know that really helps the defense. And you're right, like you know, CJ Gordon Johnson or CZ Deuce, as he likes to be named as now, um, he he was a mistake for the Saints to let go. I don't get it. I know there was some issues about like his contracts and stuff. But I, I would just say find a way to pay the man because he obviously was he's better than what we've got now, essentially. He he is showing, especially at Philadelphia, this is why I should have stayed, this is why you should have paid me. That, you know what? They actually do remind me of the Saints defense for the last few years, where the Russian coverage worked really well. And there's so many similarities between how Howie Roseman has worked so many trades, so many free agents to what the Saints had done where they're bringing in big names, doing a lot of trades, they're not immune to making changes. And the Eagles have always done this. They've always done it really well. 
And then all you I... look at the Cardinals and yeah. the this game. <laughs> and... yeah, yeah. All I would say is that despite all this praising you're doing of the Eagles defense, uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown torched them. Uh, eight catches on 10 targets, uh, 78 yards on a touchdown. And his touchdown, if you haven't seen it, was great. He made people look like clowns out there. His, his, his touchdown was looking good. Do you still regret that uh, first one draft pick for Marquise Brown now, Sean? <laughs> once, once Nuke Hopkins is back, uh, the Cardinals could pose a late season wildcard threat. I, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I like the Cardinals in some ways, but their lines are so bad. And a lot of that is their mm. GM. Steve Kime, in my opinion, has really failed in roster building 101, build on the lines. And that's their weakness, right? They've got a lot of outside weapons, perimeter players, but you can't say they're a tough team. No, but they played really well against to even stick with the Seagulls team, which was the surprise to me. The, the the issue, like you say, the issue is that their offensive line has always been like below par for the NFL, and I feel it still is. So you, you rely on Kyler Murray having to move around a little bit and and not get not take sacks by using his own movement, but then. Cliff Kingsbury doesn't have a playbook that allows your quarterback to be moving around. It's like more of a timing playbook where, you know, receivers get open at certain points and you have to throw the ball out. So it's kind of, I don't know. It, yeah, it's a little bit backwards for me that the, the line doesn't really work. Yeah, and I agree with the comment about Cliff as well. His, his, his schemes, as much as I like some of the creativity, they're a bit static. And when you're missing your key receivers, they're, they're not interchangeable, the receivers. Um, all I'll say, though, is if we had Justin Tucker, we wouldn't be having this conversation <laughs> because that field goal would have been sunk. Uh, we would have been going into overtime. Can I quickly ask you guys a question? Do you see the Eagles losing to either their next games, Cowboys, Steelers, Texans, Commanders, Colts? I can't, the, the Cowboys will be the one. I feel like that's a big test for them. Is um, Dak back this week? Uh, he, I, there's rumours he will be back this week. Yeah, it, I, there, I would there, like there, to see that. There's rumours he could have played like the last two weeks, but they wanted to bring him back slowly. They didn't want to rush him back. They so, thought the Rams were an easy, easy win. <laughs> clearly, clearly they did. I'm so, actually going to think they're going to win all those games, though. Uh, they, mm. Potentially, it could. The Cowboys are the biggest test, but it's also mm. hard. It's hard for a team to go on undefeated in the NFL. And that's like a big thing as well, and especially because the Eagles have been slowing down. They've not, they're 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 now getting a bit, and that maybe that's other teams now realizing how to defend against them, how to defend against this like read option playbook that the Eagles play and stuff, which is always seems to be what happens because there's always an explosion of points at the start of the season, and then it gets more balanced at the end. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. I mean, they said the link, so I'm gonna I'm gonna think the Eagles do win all those games. Kind of a spoiler for my pick on sound, but hey. Uh... <laughs> well, 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 speaking of helping teams win games, I wanted to move us on to um, the Atlanta-Tampa Bay game, where the, 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 the Buccaneers had, had a helping hand. More, more, than a help, more than a helping hand. More than a helping hand. Goodness Go me. on, Simon. Go well, on. Uh, well, just, uh, it, it feels like every, every week we have these, like, discussions Oh, Brady's helped by referees again. Oh, like calls are made in this in this like Buccaneers game. Part of it is like, oh, you, you know, this is probably Brady's last year. They want him to go to the playoffs. They want it to be a big spectacle. So, how much is the NFL helping that? You know, referees giving him bogus calls. This one, this one takes the biscuit for me. Because... Simon and talking about referees. Name name a better dude. <laughs> it's such bit, a true. I mean. Bit, 
this just takes a biscuit though. If you've not seen it, go and watch it. Grady Jarrett makes a great play to sack Tom Brady. He makes the tackle. He takes him to the ground. He does what they've been told they're not allowed to do, which is they can't land on top. They can't cause pressure. They can't. They can't um, hit like put their weight on top of the quarterback. So he, he turns so that he's getting his weight. Tom Brady landed on top of him, which for me is a gr- like that's what you should be doing. But then <laughs> I mean, I mean, from your example, I cannot picture that. But having watched it myself, uh, I I agree. It was it was more or less a textbook tackle. He reached out to him and did the only thing he could do. Brought him to the ground. I did a little, you know, uh, three sixty twelve. But he had to because he, there was no way to, other way to bring him down. No, exactly that. But then, even still, the referee then decides, oh, no, that'll be a rough in the pass call, which is absolutely bogus. And once again, another example of the NFL going towards Tom Brady's way. And like I said, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. However, this stinks, as it always does, as it will always be talked about. The referee in... in the NFL, but the, the problem is for me, they've come out and they've defended the decision, which they're obviously going to do because they can't then turn around and be like, Oh, no, we can't, we can't call it like, you know, we were wrong, so we should have like took that back. But it just again and again, it's it's horrible. But anyway, let's and talk about the game, well, but it's also the lack of consistency. I just want to add on that yeah. it's always against the worst teams, the worst of team on paper, it's always for the team with the star quarterback. And that's what annoys me. It, you know Tom Brady would get this call. You know Mariota would never get this call. It's just... Yeah. I, that's what frustrates me. I don't disagree with both of you. Uh, but let's not pretend the Falcons necessarily had a win uh, lined up there. And I feel like some of your um, previous experiences, the Saints and Bucks earlier in the year, <laughs> some of those feelings are coming out. Some of the feelings are coming out from the Jags fan who... Who you know feel like they've been wrongly done by the referees, which to be honest they have. Uh, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had this game won. They gave a scare, which the, the Tampa uh, Falcons could have if they got the ball back, could have uh, done some things with it. But that, for me, this sort of shows though what this Falcons team actually is right now this year, which is that they're actually quite a well coached team with. You know, players that you would not expect to be starting on an NFL team. We talk about um, how well Brian, Brian Dabble has done with the um, the Giants. Arthur Smith's actually doing a really good job at Atlanta for me. Like, with the pieces that he's got, he is making them competitive in each game. They've not been out in any game. Or if they have, they've managed to get themselves back into a game. Or the Kyle Pitts fan I'm saying that two weeks ago. But the results speak for themselves because this under-talented roster is keeping them in almost every single game right now. And don't, now, I think don't that's talk what to Arthur... me about carpets. Don't talk to me about carpets. <laughs> uh, fantasy uh, information there. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's brought that DNA from the Titans where they're never going to be out-competed. They're always going to compete. They're going to build on the lines. They're going to play bully ball style football. And it is Arthur Smith style. And it's working, like to a large extent, with a better quarterback. He wanted Mariota to be the Tannehill, right? With yeah. a, but with a better quarterback and better receiver, this team has built the foundations to be a good team. You mentioned it in our last podcast, I think, Simon, where they're building the foundations to be a competitive team for seasons you, on seasons. You, you look at some of the star players, you know, Drake London, their first-round draft pick this year, looks like an absolute stud at receiver for them. 
Um, their offensive line is starting to look much better than it has done in previous years. They've started to put the pieces there together. Their defense, as well, is really competitive. Like their defense is looking healthier than what they have done. They're looking competitive. They get the right players in. Like you know, this, the score lines don't maybe represent that as much. But as much as I hate to say it, as a Saints fan, this Falcons team is actually starting to look good and could could trouble us going forward. I, I want to see Arthur Smith with a legit bona fide quarterback uh, in the NFL. Shan, is that you taking your Arthur Smith comments back? Where yes. you kind of were ruling him out. <laughs> yes, I, I was. It was just a bit uninspired, but he's he's making do with what he has. Let's yeah. uh, let's let's crack on and just quickly come on to the Chicago Minnesota game because I just want to talk about this Minnesota team um, very quickly before we do our qualified plays of the week. The, this Minnesota team, as much as I, I've given grief before in the past, and everyone gives you know. Kirk Cousins' grief all the time. They have looked pretty good this season for me. Only in the early early kickoff games. That's that's Kirk Cousins' <laughs> prime time. <laughs> that is that is his time to shine. I mean, it's that whole Kirk Cousins' prime time. He doesn't perform well, and uh, I I just get that weird feeling. We all pick the Vikings, interesting enough, because obviously they're playing the Bears. Yeah, but it's so streaky. You just don't know what you're going to get. Even this this game alone. Justin Jefferson was going off, but then they somehow like were losing the momentum. Chicago fighting back, and you're thinking they're behind at one point. And it's is this deja vu Kirk Cousins, deja vu Vikings? Because if you want to compete with Packers, even though the Packers are not their best, you have to play consistent. You, I still don't know what I'm going to get with this Vikings team. No, I, I agree. They are they are streaky, and you do get a different team each week, sort of thing, like every time. But they also have a four and one record. Whereby they're, you know, they're they're winning games. They're doing what they need to do. They're currently sitting in first place in the NFC North, above Green Bay, which you know we, we're all surprised about. I would say because we've all picked Green Bay to be the the winner of that division, and you know they they're playing well. Their their defense plays really well um, for what they've what they've got. Harrison Smith, we've talked about, is just still doing Harrison Smith things. So Darius Smith, who they signed in this offseason has looked an absolute world beater at um, like their D-end outside linebacker for them. Daniel Hunter looks great. He Daniel Hunter looks like an inhuman man, by the way. I don't know if you've seen him like on the sideline. That man just looks ripped. He <laughs> looks like those uh, guys. <laughs> uh, a few years ago, Daniel Hunter completely broke out. I think his his seasons have been a bit derailed. I think it's by injury. injury I don't know how many injury, games he's, he's played. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's, he looks he looks like the guy. And the Vikings look like a playoff contender. And, and they've th- still got to like surpass 30 points, which is interesting. Because they've got all the weaponry to get more than 20 nine points, which is the highest they've had all season, which was this game. That's kind of worrying. That, that's, that's, a weird, that's a weird stat, you know. You wouldn't have thought the Vikings would only be 29 points where you've got other teams that have, have like vastly surpassed that. Yeah, so they've had 23 against Packers, then seven against the Eagles, then, then they've hit the form. 28 against Lions, 28 against the Saints, both defensive struggles, really, and then 29 against the Bears. They've, they've beaten teams that they should have beat. Yeah. Um, this, Which has a lot. This Bears team, though, I just wanted to, to jump on it very quickly. As I think they've looked better each game that they've played. I don't Three think, down Mooney. Yeah. I don't think they've been they've been good by any stretch, but I do feel they are playing uh, smart football in some ways. They they use their running backs well. You know, they, they let their running backs run. Although, in this game, 
Montgomery got 20 yards and 12 carries. So let's. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop you there about the play smart football because um, Daniel Mooney is not featured enough. Great coaches, uh, rather than just play calling, they get the ball into the hands of their playmakers. And we've seen all of last year and in spurts this year that Daniel Mooney, when you give him a chance, he is a difference maker. Yeah, he, he had an Odell Beckham like catch to, uh, this week. He did. I don't that, know if you if, guys have seen. I've seen it. If you've not seen it, you should go and watch it. It's it's insane. Catch of the week for sure. Like, but I've got my issues with this Bears coaching. I disagree that they play good football um, or complimentary. I think Matt Eberflus, defensive minded coach, great. Doesn't matter. Though offensive play calling is also defensive minded. Getsy is a first year play caller OC. I feel bad for Justin Fields. I think they've had. Bad OCs. He's had bad OCs with the Bears. I don't want him to get a third OC in three years, but I think they need to change because they've not got an offensive whiz kid. They've got first-year head coach, first-year OC. That's not winning football with a quarterback who needs developing. No, I, I agree with that. They He just needs something. Though. He needs some sort of spark, and I think they need to, I don't know, let him play a little bit more instead of just handcuffing him and handing the ball off. But anyway, we'll see what see what happens. I, I'm... I'm uh, Warming up to the Bears, anyway. But the last point I wanted to make actually is the New York Jets. You flying high, or <laughs> you put in the brakes? I'm, I'm not a Zach Wilson believer. I'm not a Joe Flacco believer. Uh, Brees Hall looks legit, and I think Michael Carter is underrated. But um, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to even entertain. <laughs> And saying a further discussion about this. I mean, they're an intriguing team because they're much better than they've been. Their defense is legit. Like, I don't think anyone can say otherwise. Uh, Quinn and uh, Williams has been a beast. Yeah, I feel they've got pieces on their defense for sure. Source card Brees, looks, looks good, but you know. Exactly. And uh, and I think they've taken steps. I think they've got better receiving options. What I worry about, they've just beaten teams who've had quarterback changes oh, in the last few weeks. They're, they're beating bad teams, don't get me wrong. Like they're, they're currently And they're meant to be a bad team, right? <laughs> yeah, they're sitting at three and two, but the teams that they've beat to get to three and two are, are just like the, the Dolphins who are playing a, a seventh round rookie at re- quarterback because of injuries and um the Steelers who are playing Mitch Trubisky, who arguably is worse than a rookie seventh round quarterback. <laughs> um, the the only uh, highlight player I want to talk about is the stiff arm. Did you see Quinnen Williams' stiff arm on, on Tyreek Hill? He oh, just yeah. he just did a Derrick Henry <laughs> and threw that man to the ground. But this is where they're going to come in. Like we talk about the Jets, they're playing the Packers, mm-hmm. then they're playing Broncos, they're playing Patriots, Bills, Patriots. Well, this will be this will be the bit then when they you can see how legit this team is if they can at least be competitive in this game. You can mm. see that the maybe the corner. five L's there for me. Yeah, me too. Right, anyway, let's, let's, let's move Broncos, on. Broncos, really? Are you riding <laughs> or are you flying? Broncos country. Yeah, you, you you riding or flying? But anyway, let's you know let's uh, let's move on. Talk about qualified players, Shan. I know you want to talk about your guy. You want to lead with the greatest of all time. <laughs> Uh, Justin Tucker um, deserves a place in the Hall of Fame. After the game, I decided to look at his contract. I mean, he should be paid quarterback money. The man is that good. He is a difference maker as there's ever been at that position. It is is nice for Baltimore to, you know, be able to think we're 60 yards away. Oh, we we might not get this. Oh, well, we'll just send like Justin onto the field. He'll he'll sort it out for us. You know, they're always going to be able to put points up on the board so long as they get past halfway. 
it's such a luxury. You've got a Lamar Jackson quarterback. Just just gets halfway. It's fine. Justin took over the rest. <laughs> he called himself a system kicker um, in the interview. Uh, the the man's the man's everything you want in a an NFL football player. AJ Cardinals trade Kyler Murray, get him in. You beat the Eagles. Uh, maybe an exaggeration, but um, he's the reason that the Ravens beat the Bengals. Cool. He's a first round type player. That's funny. That is, but he is like you'd pick him at the end of the first round. Sham, who are you picking for your guy? Uh, close your ears, Simon. Um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, ten tackles and interception. It's he encompasses that Eagles team, their style, <sighs> off field, on field, and he's brought grit. <clears throat> I, can't, I can't. I can't disagree that it's a, it's you know deserving pick, but yeah, it, it just upsets me as a Saints fan. But you know, he's yeah. I don't want to say anymore. I might. I might start crying. Um, I'll move on and talk about my guy instead because you know I'll, I'm tearing up a little bit, choking up. Um, no, uh, Austin Eckler for me is my guy this week. Uh, Sixteen rushes for 173 yards, touchdown. Four receptions, 26 yards on a touchdown. On four targets as well caught every every ball thrown his way we've talked about how Chargers needs to free up Eckler use Eckler as your elite playmaker in that system especially with the likes of Keenan Allen out where it's you know you, you've not got your star wide receiver they didn't do it initially they started doing it now they're winning games I mean what, what more needs to be said his his snap share is still much lower than last year in most of these games. Like Joshua Kelly um, still had a decent stat line. He had 10 rushes himself. Uh, yeah. But finally, they've got Eckler in positions where he can, he can be a difference maker. Yeah, out of time. Whoa, 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 guys. I've got breaking news. Matt Rule has just been fired by the Panthers. Oh, oh. Well, I, I can't say it wasn't unexpected, to be honest. It was coming this week. Definitely after that, after that obliteration by the 49ers. Why aren't we just talking about it like now that is he on the hot seat recently anyway? Yeah. It was literally before we started recording the podcast. Uh, (laughs) When when we were discussing our topics, we were like, shall we discuss Matt Rule today? Maybe uh, for our Thursday podcast. And here we are. Here we are. Before before we've even finished our Monday podcast, that we're here having to talk about him. What do you think this does for Carolina, though? Do you think it helps them? Helps, like, Mayfield and stuff, depending on what his injury is? Like, do you think it helps their offense at all? Is Matt no. Rule the one throwing the ball? <laughs> <laughs> it's not making any difference to Mayfield because Mayfield isn't the issue. Like, mm. I, I don't see Mayfield being the issue here. I think the issue is um, the shocking quarterback. Wait, you don't think oh, sorry, sorry, the sorry. issue? But... <laughs> I don't think it's... <laughs> I don't think it's going to solve anything because Mayfield is the issue um, and the quarterback's on. That's why he's got fired. He went 11-27 in the three years. Yeah. Devil's advocate. Um, on a seven-year, $62 million contract. Devil's advocate. Look what Urban Meyer to Doug Pedersen has done for Trevor Lawrence. Could there, um, could there be a, a, like a, and also like a change in Mayfield's game with is it Steve Wilkes, who's now taken over as interim head coach? Yeah, but he's already on the staff. Former cause. The uh, head coach is a uh, passing game defensive coordinator. He ain't gonna make no difference. And we all know what Baker Mayfield is. Are, are you are you guys being like uh, crazy here? Baker Mayfield is what he is. Like, I, I'm there's no just, point in trying to save him. I'm just not a QB hater. Like, that's all it is. <laughs> I, I'm just not. I'm just not coming in there gunning for QBs every week. So I, I'm happy. I, to... 
Yeah, well, I want. I I don't think Mayfield's a world beater, but the, he needs a scheme around him where he can get easy throws, where he doesn't need to do too much. Uh, there's so many quarterbacks in the league who who have got favorable uh, offensive schemes that they can hide their hide their deficiencies. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I I I actually think it's quite bad for it's a bad look for Carolina. Not, not that you know they fired Matt Rule because I think this is a long time coming, in, in my opinion. But I do feel that they should have done this earlier. I don't feel like they should have done it partway into this season. I, I, I was fully for them firing him at the end of last season and then starting a new slate. It's I mean, as, as soon as they got Mayfield right to go with Donald, didn't we all think he was going to get fired? Like, I think that's what you're basically saying here, Simon. Uh, well, I, I thought he was going to get fired when he decided to get Sam Darnold instead of drafting a different quarterback after we'd seen what Sam Darnold was in New York. So, you know, this is a long time coming for me. Yeah. Apparently he had a lot of power there as well. Which is insane. One of... um, Yeah, I'm with Simon. I think he should have gone last year. I'm surprised that they kept him in this year. Probably with that massive contract they gave him, they were like, we need to stick with this guy. Obviously, you start losing a few games and, and... how it's quickly how how decisions um, how, the, how the NFL works though, isn't it? You have to have like win now results. I think three years in, there's been really no improvement from this Carolina team than what it was when he first joined. Who's the biggest beneficiary? Steve Wilkes. I don't know. Yeah, no one. Steve Wilkes potentially because it gets it gives him another chance to make him look like a competent head coach. Obviously, his time in Arizona. He didn't, so... <laughs> he didn't even get given a proper chance in A's either. Uh, I think DJ Moore, this should help him. Um, he is too talented to be used like how he is. They need to use him like um, San Francisco used Debo Samuel. I don't, think it makes any, I don't think it makes any difference to uh, DJ Moore, the same quarterbacks playing. Well, <laughs> I'm talking about offensive scheme. They need a new offensive scheme. Uh, but, Rule isn't the guy, though, so he's, he was not really... Who's, who's their offensive coordinator? question but does it really matter at this point the question is who's going to be their next head coach obviously their dream would be sean payton but there's no way um, no way he is there's no way he's released essentially by the saints to go to a divisional rival no way and they'll probably have better offers yeah well that'd be the main thing he'll have better offers he's not going to want to go to uh carolina he'll have better options it's a, it's ben mcadoo by the way who is the current offensive oh. coordinator Oh, so that's, that says it all. <laughs> he was a quarterback coach with Jacksonville last year after spending two years away from the league. My, <laughs> one of the Meyer staff members. Yeah. It sort of makes it stand out. But anyway, you know, maybe some happy news in Carolina, depending on your viewpoint, maybe some bad news. But that's it for all. That's it for us. We'll uh, got one last game tonight, Las Vegas Raiders versus Kansas City Chiefs. Should be an exciting matchup especially if Las Vegas can get themselves out of their own way. But we'll recap again on Thursday or Friday and be back with you to tell you all about the Week 6 later games. Until that time, see ya. DJ Moore's finally free. Bye.